So we've been talking about the, the church for many weeks now on Sunday morning, and last Sunday morning we talked about uh, being members of one body, and I'd like to take that up uh, again this morning. We didn't quite get finished what I wanted to, but uh, being members of, of one body, and, and I know, of course, there's different things used. Sometimes we're called a flock of sheep. Sometimes it's one body. Uh, there's the good ground and the other grounds, and so a lot of things, but this is talking about a, a body. And you say, well, there can't be different bodies of Christ. Well, and I look at it like, well, according to the scriptures, of course there can. But I look back at, as far as I can go with our genealogies, and that's some, according to my brother, uh, my great-great-grandfather, John. And uh, so then there was Emmanuel, and then Ma, and my dad, and then myself. So all goes back to, well, it would go back to Adam, of course, but it goes back to John. But out of that, each individual bodies. And now of my body, there are different members of this one body. And as we look at the church of Arabia, one body, body of Christ, came down from the first church at Jerusalem, but yet many members in that body. So we'd like to continue uh, with that. And uh, we, we talked about the church as far as that goes. Um, the church is the body of Christ according to the scriptures. We talked about the method that the Lord uses to bring people into his body. Uh, talked about the importance of the body because that's where he placed the comforter, lead, guide, and direct uh, into all truth. And in something that I don't want any of us to ever forget, and many people say, well, you know, the church is not that important. But when it says he shed his blood for his church, if that doesn't put importance on it, then I don't know what does. So, body of Christ, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, in the body that he has placed us in. Spiritual body, made up of living stones, or spiritual house, made up of living stones. So let's go uh, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll just kind of continue on from where we left off before. Uh, I was going to read down farther, but I won't. Uh, let's start in verse 8, and we talked some about that, but let's, let's start in verse 8, and then we'll kind of go on from there. 1 Corinthians 12 and 8. Now, it, it talks about different gifts and everything, and it did before. Uh, and there are different gifts, but somebody can have more of these gifts, and it's not... Uh, anyway, there are gifts that he gives. So, verse 8. For to one is given. For to one is given. By the Spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. How, as we look at these different gifts, and, and I don't try to define them specifically, and I, I guess you could, but those, as, how do we receive these gifts? 
given. How much credit can we take for it? Zero. How thankful we should be. All the thanksgiving should go to him, of course. Uh, so for the one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom. To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith. Now we can stop there. To another is given faith. How does faith come? It's a gift. He's the, you hear people putting all this importance on faith and certainly would be grateful for faith. But he's the author and finisher of our faith. It's given. You say, well, I study a lot. That's great. And I wish we would all study more. And if you do, it's because he calls you to. But the faith is a gift. He may give it to you through the study and so forth and so on. But I don't want us to ever forget where it comes from. To another faith, by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and very same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So it's God's will that will give us gifts in his own time, in his own mount, and to whatever, uh, how many he gives or whatever like that. And like I said, I, I'm not too much into slicing these gifts up like that. You could, I suppose. But they're gifts and gifts of knowledge and understanding and so forth. But they're, they're gifts. And all thanksgiving would go to him and all honor and glory would go to him. So as we, as we look at this, and uh, the same body. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, I've said it many times, every part of the Lord's body is important, is valuable. I've said that before, and by God's grace, I'll continue to say it. Uh, and some may not feel that way, and I understand. But that's not true, though. And, and let me, I, I gave this a little analogy, and I'll do it again. It, it helps me understand. Well, you know, so what, what can I do, you know? But so I told you the starfish story. It's, it's a story, and, and uh, there's this little boy at the beach, and he was, all these starfish had washed up on shore, and they were dying. And this little boy is going down through there, getting the starfish and throwing them out there, and starfish and throwing it out there. And a man walked up and said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm saving these starfish. And we want to make sure we use the word saving in the proper context. But anyway, uh, he says, well, you can't make a difference. And he had one in his hand. And he threw it out there, and he says, it makes a difference to that one. So I, I want to show, so here we have a boy or a body. And he was picking up starfish, throwing them out there. And uh, I, I want to show a little bit, again, about how the body works together. So the little boy was throwing the starfish out there and had to go out beyond the surf or the surf would just wash these starfish back in. So maybe he 
somebody taught him a little bit about aerodynamics instead of throwing the starfish that way, maybe he threw them this way that they would sail out there a little more. And uh, so we say, okay, did anybody else play a part in that? Well, he probably had, maybe he played baseball, and maybe he had a baseball coach that coached him how to throw. Maybe his father practiced catch with him at home. Uh, maybe the little boy broke his arm at some point in time, so had to go to a doctor. The doctor repaired his arm. Maybe some physical therapy. So then you think, okay, so the doctor had a part. So we're talking about saving that one starfish. Again, we're not talking about saving for the lake of fire. I hope you understand what I'm saying. But to save that one starfish, the little boy, there was a baseball coach. There was his dad that practiced with him. There was a doctor that fixed his arm and everything. A physical therapist that got it back to where he's throwing again. So all those people had a part in saving that one starfish. Does it stop there? Well, that doctor, somebody inspired the doctor. Somebody paid money for the doctor to go to school. So was it his father? And you see how it's endless back through there. All the people that had a part in that boy saving that one starfish. You know, I'm not saying we're saving people from Lake Afar. You understand that. But I'm wanting to show how all these parts work together. You take one of the parts out and it wasn't going to happen. So I, as a body, I want us to look at it that way. There's a, a, a purpose for each part of the body, whether we see it or not. So now let's go to uh, verse 12 and continue on here. But I want to see the body. See, I want us to see the body as a body, as functioning with different parts and everything. Uh, so verse 12, for as the body is one, for as the body is one and hath many members, and, uh, and all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. So that tells us a lot, doesn't it? Many members, one body. Body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. He shed his blood for his church. So the body is one. And hath many members, all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. And I think I used the example last week also. If, if we had this starfish down here, and I was going to go pick it up as one body, so as I go and, and pick it up, It took my body. You may say, well, no, it just took your hand. 
So my hand, well, you could say it took my fingers. Well, it took my hand. Well, it took my arm. Took my back a little bit, my legs a little bit. Took my eyes to see it. My ears, I guess, balance. <laughs> Didn't have to hear that. You say, well, okay, that's all, that's all it took. I just had them going down my heart, take a look at things. It took my heart beating to do that. If my heart quit beating, I wouldn't do that. Took my brain, such as it is, <laughs> to do that. You say, okay, well, you mentioned the important parts. So the other parts aren't important? Is my pancreas important? Is my digestive system important? If we don't get food, nourishment to those parts. And we could talk about other parts. Well, foot, it took, it took my feet to get me over there. <coughs> so I hope we can see a little bit again. It took my whole body, which is many members. You've heard people say, well, I'm all thumbs. Well, if it was all thumbs, maybe I couldn't pick that up as easy. But if I was all feet, I couldn't, probably couldn't pick that up. If I was all hands, had nothing but hands, I probably couldn't get out of there. I couldn't see it. If I was all eyes, I couldn't pick it up. I had to have hands and fingers and arms and heart and, and all the other things. So this is, the Lord has this in there for us to help us to, to understand. All the parts. All the parts. Uh, verse 13. For by one spirit, we're all baptized in one body. Whether we be Jews or Greeks, whether we be bond or free, and, ha and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Now, might also remind you, he's writing to the church at Corinth. And this is what it tells him. And we can say the same thing to the church of Arabia, the body of Arabia, the body of Christ, made up of many members, made up of living stones where he places them. So uh, it says, the body is not one member, but many. And we'll see each is valuable. Verse uh, 15. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body, is therefore not the body. So we go over there and I, I pick that up with my hand and the foot say, well, I'm not the hand. I'm not important. There's no value. Is it not of the body? And certainly it is. 16. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not the body? The ear says, well, I'm not the eye. The eye is what's important. Is it not of the body? 
And again, I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it by God's grace. Each and every member of the body is important, is valuable. You might say, well, you know, I'm not the pastor. I, I, I can't do anything. Or I'm not a man. I'm, I'm, I'm a female. I, I can't do anything. Or I'm not a piano player. Or, or I can't sing very well or very loud or something like that. That's what this is teaching us. Every part of the body is valuable. And the Lord placed us where he wants us. And that may, be, that may even change. Maybe place you as this, and then maybe a little this and a little that, as he gives gifts. But I want everyone to realize they're part of one body. 17. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? So, again, you may look at the part of the body, oh, I think the eye is the most important part. And let me just say, I, I'm thankful for my eyes. I, you think, boy, if you lost a sense, what woman would you want to lose? I don't know. I, I love being able to see and see God's uh, creation. And I just, but is it most important? Uh, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? So we can't really put more importance on one part of the body. It takes the whole body. Verse 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. God has set members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. So I don't want any part of the body to feel like, well, you know, I'm not valuable. That's wrong. It's not true, and it's wrong. God sets as it pleases him. 19. But now are they many members? Yet but one body. I want that to soak in. Many members, but it's, it's one body. And you see how, how it functions. It's, of course, it, it's, it's, it's the Lord and His Spirit lead, guiding, and directing. But it's, it's, it's one body, yet many members. And we can't say, we, we've seen there, we can't say, well, this member's not important or that member's. And certainly don't want to point fingers at somebody, well, they don't come very often, they're not valuable. I pray that we don't do that because it's not true. Uh, but now they are many members, yet one body. 
And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. So, again, I'm not, I don't want us to fall into saying, well, I think this person's the eye and this person is the finger and this person is the little toe and this person's, I don't, it's not, that's not what it's saying. It's, it is a body and we look at our body. But we don't want to say, well, I think this person's the eye, and this person's probably the mouth, and this person's probably the... It's not meant to be broken up that way. It's to show its one body and its functions. But the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee. Please don't look at another member of the body, of your body, and say... We don't need them. Maybe tempted to do that. Maybe we've done that. Is it wrong? Well, of course it's wrong. To say we don't need this part of the body. And as I've said before, you know, maybe. So maybe there's a, a, a weak member or uh, one that may be spiritually sick or different reasons we, we may think well we don't need them it's wrong it's part of your body again maybe part of the and I, I used to say well the, maybe the purpose and I should never say singular <laughs> God has purposes and I, but maybe one of the purposes of this one is a trying for you. Am I praying for that person? Honestly, in my heart. Are you praying for them? So it might not be necessarily about them, but about us. Are we praying for them? I'm going to pause there. I was going to read this to start with, and I didn't. And I'm going to pause and read I've read it before. This poem... Uh, about no man is an island. And uh, I, I should have read it before, but I'll, I'll go ahead and pause here and read it. This is talking about a, a country, and, uh, and this is talking about mankind civilization. We want to narrow it down to see the church in it for our point. But it's talking about an island. You know how the, the, uh, the waves and the sea will, will erode, and you'll have a big clot of dirt roll down, you know, uh, off of there, and then, then part of that continent is washed into the sea. Uh, and then in this village or whatever, there's a custom when somebody died that they would ring the bell. So you'd be doing about your business, you'd hear a certain ring the bell. You'd know somebody died. So let me ring this ring. <laughs> let me read this. And then we'll get back to our lesson. But think of it, of course, this is an earthly thing. But I want you to think of it as body of Christ that you're part of. So it says, and this is written in the 1600s, early 1600s. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent. A part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. 
as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friend or thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. So as we think about our body of Christ and our brothers and sisters in Christ, I hope we can see the, the oneness of it. So, verse 21, The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Please don't ever feel that way. Pray for them, we pray for ourselves. Say that, it, it, it is not true. And, and I'm saying it from both, I'm wanting to look at this from both sides. As us looking at somebody say, well, there's no need. They're, they're, they're not important. I want us to see it from that side. But I want us to see from the other side. I want each of you to feel I'm part of that body. Twenty-one again, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And I, and I think it's good that it uses a physical body that we might understand, but doesn't this make sense? The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Or the head can't say to the heart, and you could break it down into different cells and, and atoms and bacterias and all that kind of stuff if you want to break it down farther. 22. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. In whose eyes? In God's eyes who set us in there and made us. He sets us in as he, does, as he wills. It says, uh, as, God, as it pleased God. So, uh, nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. That's according to God. And I want us to see that as well. I want us to see everybody as valuable. I want each person to see that they're valuable. They're part of the body that Christ died for and placed them there. 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. So that's kind of maybe looking at, at, at beauty or whatever, comely and uncomeliness and everything. We might not think our uh, pancreas is, is, uh, is, is comely. <laughs> might not think that your heart's comely as far as to look at it physically. But it's valuable. It's comely as well. And then verse 24, for our comely parts have, have no need, but God hath tempered the body, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked. That there should be no chisms in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer. You know, I, I 
I guess the first time this hit me is, uh, you know, I was brought into the, the church and, and, uh, and learning somewhat. The Lord was opening my eyes to certain things. But the first time I noticed this, when one member suffer, all the members suffer. Hell, it was when Hank had his stroke. And that's the first time that I really felt it and, and, and noticed it. I mean, it, I, I can't put it into words, but it, it hurt me. Before, uh, things had happened, you know, to, to others, no doubt. But that's the first time that I really felt, because when we come in, we're eating and growing, and, and, and that's all good and everything. And it's, it's about us. We're eating and growing and learning, and, and nothing wrong with that. But when that, and then, and of course, after that, it, it never fails the members hurting or a family member, a, a loved one of those. It, you, you hurt for them. Uh, 26, and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. I uh, grateful for the prayers that was uttered for me as I was going through this testing and everything. Uh, there's been other times uh, when I had COVID. That was when COVID was early on, and there wasn't a very good uh, rate of people living at that time. But I certainly felt love and prayers uh, from this body that I was part of. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. You know, I, uh, I don't know the, the second part if we think of it that much. But I know uh, sometimes when some of you get to go on vacation or travel or, or, or go do this and everything. We miss you, not being here, but in my heart. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that uh, you can enjoy the, the fruits of your labor and things like this. I, I I'm, again, miss you when you're not here, but I'm grateful. I, I feel good that you can, you can do that. Uh, 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. As you go to bed tonight and go to sleep, go to sleep with that on your mind and in your prayers. Ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some members in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, uh, and, and then gifts of healing, helps, government, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. So, body of Christ many members Christ shed his blood for his church Christ shed his blood for us as members 
of that church. Brothers and sisters in Christ. This says, I've shown you more excellent ways. So we, we've looked at this. I, as, again, I want us to look at it from both sides. I want to look at myself looking at another member that may be a weak member. But I also want to look at it from one that may feel that they're a weak member, that they're also valuable, just as valuable. I, I'll give this illustration. I've used it before. I, uh, right now, the Lord has put me uh, as pastor. But I remember years ago, coming in the body, and I would ask Brother Olson questions. I always had a lot of questions. And uh, many times, shortly after that, a few weeks, he'd teach a lesson on that question. And others would benefit from me, a weak, sickly part of that body. I think, well, what could I do? Asking a question. And the whole church benefited from it. I like uh, Cindy had uh, asked Brother Don many years ago uh, a question. Uh, is God an individual God? And I see where she came from. And, uh, and it's a good question. But Brother Don taught a lesson on that, that I was blessed by, still blessed by it. So I don't want anyone to feel they're not valuable. God put you in his body where it pleased him, when it pleased him, and there'll be some, maybe some, uh, as you grow, uh, different uh, values and things like that. So we see one body. Now, chapter 13, we know this wasn't originally broken up into chapters and verses, but this still is in the chronological order. So chapter 13 doesn't follow chapter 12 by accident. So let's read chapter 13, and I won't go into it or anything like that. Let's just read chapter 13, realizing what we studied in chapter 12. Verse 1. Well, let me preface this a little bit. This is going to list a lot of wonderful things that's good and we're grateful for. But on its own, there's no value. So let, let's read this. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love. Now, your Bible may say charity. Let me pause here and I'll try not to pause anymore. You say, well, is it love or is it charity? Well, I say yes. We think of charity, and this is, this is why we have both words. Uh, Schofield changed it to love. Most places have uh, but it's charity. Charity means giving or doing something and expecting nothing in return. And that's, that's a good definition of love too, isn't it? So we, we think of love, however you can define that, but the charity part of it, not expecting anything in return. Just charitable love. Okay. Though I speak with the tongues of men... And of angels, and have not love or charity, I am become a sounding bronze or tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, wouldn't you like to understand all mysteries? 
what a great thing that would be. And if we understand, and he, by God's grace as we grow, he reveals some other mysteries to us. But this is a great thing. On its, by, on its own, is it? We'll see. And though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I, could, uh, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I have nothing. Let me pause for a second. Uh, in First John, the third chapter, it talks about uh, if uh, talks about passing from the world of darkness to the world of light. In that world of light, you have a certain thing there, and it says, "If any man see his brother have need," let's see how. Now I'm gonna I may have to go read it. Uh, if oh, if any man has this world's good. And seeth his brother have need, how dwelleth the love of God in him? And that's talking when it says, uh, I used to read that, this world's goods, plural. But it says, this world's possessive good. What do we have in this body that we can call good? I know a lot of them, they'll have food pantries and clothing, stuff like that. What do we have we can call good? The truth. The truth. So it says, if any man has this world's good, or the truth, and see if his brother have need, and shut up his compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? And the answer, at that time, it doesn't. That's why we see the value of love. Let me get back to it again. Uh... Let's see. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. Doesn't say I'm not as much or a little bit or a good bit. I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Love vaunteth, or love suffereth long, and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth, doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not its own. I won't take time. I was going to go to different scriptures, but it says, Seek not every man his own wealth. It's, whenever I first came into the body, I wanted to eat, 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 grow, grow, grow. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then there becomes a time we feel part of the body and others part of the body, and uh, that we would, and not just about me growing now, that we share, that we ask questions and so forth. Does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not its own. See, that's, that's love. Is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, 
hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never faileth. But where there be prophecies, they shall be done away. Where there be tongues, they shall cease. Where there be knowledge, it shall vanish. For we know in part and prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. We could study that. And Well, when was Paul a child? Well, it was when he was under the Mosaic Law. Because it doesn't say anything about Paul's years as a, as a kid, you know, playing marbles or rocks or whatever they played with. But when I was a child, when he was looking at the childish things under the Mosaic Law... But he says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Let me ask you this. Whenever he was a child, whenever he was looking at foolish things, whenever he was trusting his own righteousness, was he still a child of God? Absolutely. But when I became a man, I put away childish things, and certainly he did. For now we see in a mirror darkly... But then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even also as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. I remember Rhonda many years ago at a, a difficult time, uh, we had someone speaking for us and and they said, uh, they was going to preach on love. And me and my ignorance and foolishness, I thought to myself, boy, that's a nice, safe subject. I want doctrine. Little did I know. Little did I know. And now abideth faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So as we look at a body, and you part of the body, and other members part of the body. I hope we view it in this manner. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. Let me mention, in just a second, let me set this off.